Hey there, welcome to the Mint Measure podcast, where we cover everything related to attribution, incrementality, and marketing analytics. Here we go. A question we've been getting a lot from specifically people who are on the data side of agencies is how cookie deprecation is going to affect their analytics, attribution, their tracking. So that's what we want to talk about today is depending on you know different advanced analytics layers you might be using, how that's going to affect what you're doing, what we see the vision for the future is, some interesting new privacy laws that are coming to effect that I hadn't heard about until Scott, you told me about it today. So yeah, do you just want to dive in? Sure. Google and Facebook and Apple have made these moves in the last couple of years to quote unquote, protect consumer privacy. Uh, All of them are really just power grabs Uh, And there's actually an article that came out, I think, a week ago that showed that Apple was still using people's personal data even after people opted out of Apple using their data. So let's be super clear that privacy changes from platforms are power grabs. They're not actually in users' true benefit. Now, the privacy regulations and the privacy laws set forth by states are designed to do that. They truly give power to those people. Let's talk about the privacy laws. There are five states that have privacy laws coming into effect in 2023. Um, California has already had some uh, restrictions and some consent requirements. Um, They have a couple of new laws and regulations that are starting in January. They are also stepping up enforcement significantly. Connecticut also has laws that are effective Jan 1, and Virginia is also Jan 1. Colorado and Utah both have laws coming online July 1st, so the back half of next year. Now, each of these laws have slightly different nuances and different things like that. We're not going to get into that. But I just want to talk briefly about, like, what are these privacy regulations about? It is really focused on restricting who has data and how that data gets shared. So every single state has some degree of um, redefining the relationships that advertisers have with service providers. You know, part of the reason why we have this legislation in the first place is that ad tech in general just went bananas. Everyone under the sun was gathering data on everybody. Like it just became the wild, wild west. And there was definitely some overreach there. And so these laws are really designed to make the sharing of data extremely intentional. So one of the big things that, all of these laws kind of comprise is this definition of a service provider. So a service provider is a platform or a company that is providing service to a brand. And under these new laws, it is not okay to get data on users or share that data or purchase that data on users without having an explicit service provider relationship with the brand. So real example of this is I go to a website, I make a purchase, 15 companies that I have no idea who they are drop a cookie and track me. Now the brand might have only contracted four of those, but those four have another eight tags that are being called, 10 tags that are being called. And so the purpose of these laws is to restrict the capture of that data to the four people that the brand has actually contracted business with. So it's just being much more intentional about how data is shared and making sure that the people who are receiving that shared data have explicit relationships with the advertiser themselves. So um, these laws also redefine what is the sale of personal data. So under some of these laws, 
a conversion being tracked is a sale of personal data. Um, it also provides a framework for how users are able to opt out and make sure that they have some degree of control over their data. Uh, it's very, very minimal. It's you know, most of the work is being done on these laws about like the upfront protection of making sure that there are fines if somebody uh, is capturing that data and they don't have a service provider relationship with the advertiser. So there's a lot of complexity across all of these different ones. There are some like broader uh, similarities and uh, there are some ways that brands and technology companies can start to get ready for this. Over the next couple of months, we're going to be coming out with different um, tools and offerings to help agencies and brands to become compliant and manage their data. Um, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, I guess this also fulfills what you've been saying. Like more privacy changes will keep coming and you have to be ready, especially with you know how legislation works in the U.S. state by state. Like If California does something, it's probably five or ten years away from every state implementing some type of regulation like that. Right. And so, you know, five states having different regulations all written differently based on what that state thinks is important is already a shit show. Like it's it's mind boggling the complexity in one state, but across states and what are the things that each state does and what's unique in every state? Like it's it's crazy. So my prediction and someone, you know, flag this and come back to me in a few years is that we get a handful more states that are passing individual legislation and then we pass federal legislation. I think that there's no other way besides like federal baseline being set. It's like the federal minimum wage, right? Every state had their own minimum wage and then at some point the government said, no, 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 we just got to standardize this for everybody. It's too complex. Yeah, mark my words, federal legislation is coming. Yeah, and I think you know California will probably still have more stringent reg regulation than the federal when that does happen, but... Yeah, the landscape is going to keep evolving and the best advertisers need to be prepared. So now that we've, you know, I guess said like, hey, we were right. More legislation is going to keep coming. Let's talk about specifically how cookie deprecation is currently used in different advanced analytic solutions like multi-touch attribution, media mix models, incrementality testing, bimodal attribution, and then talk about how each of those solutions will be affected by cookie deprecation. Yeah. So, um, you know, multi-touch attribution has been the kind of, I'll say, quote unquote, gold standard for the last decade or so. User-level data, being able to capture device IDs, unlimited use of third-party cookies. So um, with the tracking changes with iOS 14, with, you know, all that type of stuff, uh, all of that has taken a hit. Um, and it's not that there's no user data, it's just there's less user data. Um, and so it makes it a little bit more difficult for those models to be accurate. And it looks like over time, that's going to continue happening, right? It's not like it took a hit and now it's going to be at 50% or 70% or whatever the percent is of accuracy where it used to be closer to 100%. It's going to keep deteriorating as Google kills third-party cookies, as legislation continues to advance. I'm going to say yes with an asterisk <laughs> because like Google's already pushed back to death of third-party cookies. Like... Apple and Safari already made changes to how long cookies last inside of those browsers. Mozilla has made changes, right? Like more people are moving to Brave or DuckDuckGo. Right. So like there's plenty of like different pockets and it's going to continue to change and users are going to like become more aware of their options. Um, cookie tracking 
today as it stands, and I'm going to say for the next year or so, uh, two years, until the death of third-party cookies inside of Chrome, I'm going to use this as kind of our time frame here, the accuracy of third-party cookies is all about how often a user or a device is seen. How often that cookie gets refreshed. How often that cookie gets refreshed. Because, uh, you know, in bimodal attribution, for example, we use TapAd for our cross-device. Well, TapAd sees every user on average 200 times per month. Mm -hmm. So if we measure in Safari an impression at 7 a.m. and then that user gets served an ad by Trade Desk and Trade Desk is using TapAd's identity graph, which they're integrated into there, then that cookie gets refreshed. Well, that means the next day when someone is served another ad at 12 noon and TapAd is the identity provider there, that cookie also gets refreshed. So if your MTA has that kind of setup where they have such high frequency on those cookies... They could be doing okay. Yeah, could be. So like the big MTAs that have their own identity solutions are like Newstar, which is backed by TransUnion, um, and you know Nielsen, I believe, has their own identity. You know, so there, there are plenty of other identity graphs out there. It's about how often users are being seen by the identity graph and how persistently those cookies are being refreshed. Gotcha. But it sounds like multi-touch attribution or MTA is pretty heavily reliant on third-party cookies. And there's been a lot of chatter of people saying, hey, MTA is going by the wayside. And if you're like a proponent of media mix models or incrementality, you're saying like, that's the solution, that's the way forward. Right, and people are saying that because MMM, media mix models, and incrementality testing don't require cookies. You know, in an MMM, instead of you using like user-level data and the user-level conversion data, you're just taking total spend, total impressions, total revenue and running different models to forecast what could have happened to deliver those results. So there's no need for cookies. There's no need for any of that stuff. It's just business data and business inputs that feed the models. So that's really appealing to a lot of brands because it's just completely without the need of tracking. Despite the fact that there are today, you know, some limitations within, you know, cookie tracking, but it's not gone yet. And um, you know, incrementality testing is very similar. Doesn't require cookies to perform the lift analysis. Now, yeah. you're buying ads in a platform that is probably using some form of cookies, to be sure. But if you're doing a match market test, you're going to spend either low dollars in a market and high dollars in another, or it's going to be test and control where one has zero spend and one has spend. And so, in that way, you're not reliant on cookies. You just look at the revenue data. You do your best to normalize, and then you estimate the the lift that a particular channel contributed to um, to the campaign. So, um, yeah, MMM and incrementality testing are you know have been championed because they don't rely on cookies. Um, Multi-touch attribution and bimodal attribution both do rely somewhat on cookies, um, but you know much in the same way that we're evolving bimodal to you know address this new privacy-forward landscape. I'm sure that all the MTA providers are doing the same and similar stuff as well. There's a lot of money there sloshing around. There's a lot of smart people working on those problems. It's hard for me to believe when people say like MTA is dead. It's like really they're like some genius-level mathematicians and data scientists working on multi-touch attribution. And I don't think the answer to like the landscape changing is to go from like the current methodology back to the, an older methodology, right? It's either the current methodology will adapt 
and overcome or a new methodology will arise, which I mean, is what we're pulling for. It's what we're advocating that will solve the problems better. Yeah, um, I agree. Like no one, no one's going to go backwards and no one's going to say, yeah, look, we had this great data for 10 years. Well, let's go back to the 1960s. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just don't believe that. So, uh, you know, one of the things that's really interesting as we think about both cookie technologies and the impact of, of third-party cookies, as well as these privacy changes, something that's like just truly mind-boggling to me is uh, the lack of user input in all of this, right? Like the whole problem with cross-domain tracking from iOS 14 or death of third-party cookies is this idea that the user never gave permission for tracking. They never gave permission to like somebody to monitor their on-site behavior from one domain to the next. Well, let's be real. A user doesn't even know what's being tracked. My mom doesn't know what her IP address is. She uh, What's I, an IP address? Oh, Yeah, guarantee she doesn't know what an IP address like. Before this year, I didn't know I had like a my hashed email was floating out as an identifier or every device I own has a specific unique ID that advertisers can pick up on like people just don't know what is being tracked and I don't know, at least from my perspective like it doesn't affect me that much right like I, I can't think of a way my life has been negatively impacted by tracking like, I'm sure there are these edge cases where like people get their identity stolen sure. that has something to do with it but for most it, users like it's creating a better web experience because I'm getting more relevant ads sure but the problem is that the user has no say yeah. in anything right now. Mm -hmm. They have no say in who tracks them. They have no say in how that data is resold. You know, there's literally tens of billions of dollars earned by companies selling your data that you've never heard of before. I can give you a list of 85 companies you've never heard their names before and they've made billions of dollars. Yeah. Like, no matter who you are, even though I don't know jack shit about my data, that doesn't sit well. Yeah, like wait, someone wait. else is making money off of me. Like, It's my data. It's my behavior. Like, I think most people acknowledge and understand that the cost of an open internet is advertising. Yeah. You go to CNN, you go to insert your favorite website here, and it's free content. Somebody wrote that. Somebody made the website. Somebody designed the website. And in exchange, I see ads so that the publisher can make the money that they need to give me the content that I want to keep on reading. I mean, this is the same, yeah, it applies for social media, like online blogs or news sites. But it's the same for podcasts, it's the same for radio. Like if I am getting free media, information, entertainment, education, my time spent watching an ad is the price I pay for that. Exactly, so I think that value exchange is very well understood. And I think that no one likes having their data tracked and shared without their permission, but people also understand that like advertising powers the ecosystem. And so like the big thing that I see on the future, whether it's in light of these privacy regulations or anything else, is users being at the center of it. And right now, everybody that I can see in the ecosystem is trying to figure out how do I get as much data as possible on users and keep making money off of it, but don't tell the user, don't share the user, like forget the user. The user has no part in this. Like users just treat it as like the redheaded stepchild. Like they are a consumable, they are an item in this exchange. They're not being treated as a person who has 
privacy concerns. Right. So, uh, you know, there have been companies who've tried to do opt-ins and reclaim your data and all this type of stuff uh, with varying degrees of success. And, you know, I'm a big believer in consent and opt-ins being a, like, really critical part of the long-term health of advertising as an industry and, like, just modernizing our society, right? Like, all of this stuff about data and platforms has really come about in the last 10 years, 20 years maximum. Like, but really let's call it 2012, Facebook is getting really big. They're starting to like uh, share lots of data. They're starting to uh, get advertisers on board. You know, people are familiar with that exchange, but what happened is the pendulum swung all the way towards the tech companies. The tech companies had 100% of the power, 100% of the data, unlimited use of that data with no restrictions and earned billions and billions of dollars. And I think that both consumer sentiment as well as privacy hacks, as well as legislation, all of these things are causing the pendulum to swing back the other way. And so, you know, there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of years about Websites in particular, changing users over from an ad model where they see ads to a subscription model where someone pays for content, right? In a world without advertising, we would pay for content. I want to read CNN, I'm going to go pay a CNN subscription. But I now have the option to instead get, get ads instead of that. That's, that's my choice as a consumer. Now, I think down the road, there's going to be a change in power where in order to use a platform for free, you have to give some data. You might have to give your real name, your email address, and your basic demographic. I am a person between the ages of 25 and 45, and like that might be it, just this, this baseline data. Uh, and then if you want additional features or additional content or whatever else that you could either pay for that additional feature or you could do a value exchange with your data. But that requires the user to be in control of their data. It requires the user to be empowered to, you know, have that transaction. So, you know, the, the way we've been operating for the last 10 or 12 years is you want to use Facebook, you basically sign away your data rights to Facebook, unlimited data rights. So the future world that I, I think is going to come to fruition is you can use Facebook Maybe you get 30 minutes a day for in exchange for your basic gender, age, location. And then if you want more days, or maybe you can only upload one photo if you want a day. If you want to upload more than one photo a day, then you either have to give more data or you have to pay a dollar a month or whatever that, that ends up looking like. So um, that's kind of like how I see privacy and, and tracking evolving over time is this ability for users to have some power, they still give data in exchange for services or exchange for content, um, but it's not unlimited use of that user's data. Interesting. I mean, even that example you gave of Facebook, it still sounds like Facebook has all the power there. Like if Facebook's I mean, like, I'm gonna restrict your access if you don't give me more data. But I guess that's just because by default, Facebook is now getting zero data. They have way, like they're, basically as good as like linear TV now for an advertiser, right? Like targeting is now, huh? Right. right? Like and Facebook's so, got to earn money. They're a business. And so they're going to restrict and say like, hey, like since you've taken back this power now, like if you want 
this resource that we pay millions of dollars a year to maintain and like make functional, like we got to get something back out of this. Right. They're not going to earn ad revenue or they're going to earn lower ad revenue because it's a generic ad versus targeted ad. Um, and so it's very natural for the business to say, look, if you want to scroll for more than 30 minutes, like we have server costs. So either allow us to earn more money by giving you personalized ads, give us your data, or you don't want to see ads, that's cool, pay me a dollar. Cool, so how does cookie deprecation affect bimodal attribution? I know we didn't touch on this too much, how BMA uses cookies right now. Um, let's talk about that. Yeah, so um, currently bimodal attribution uses a combination of first-party data, first-party cookies, and third-party cookies. Uh, you know, with the time horizon for uh, third-party cookie deprecation, we have already adapted our technology quite a bit to adjust for that. You know, one of the ways that we do that is with server-side tracking for our customers. So this gives them a first-party tag on their website to capture rich information, and we marry that with our offline measurement of, of ads being delivered to users. Or so maybe that offsite, not offline. Offsite, yeah, offsite. So. As we look towards the future, like this idea of consent, this idea of opt-in, um, is something that we're actively preparing for. Um, and we want to build. And we want to build. You know, bimodal attribution and the the data behind the analysis will continue to evolve and change with the privacy landscape, with the tracking landscape. So, you know, we have the gumption to be the opt-in provider for users to consent their data for analytics purposes only um, and allow them to uh, you know, have some degree of control, understand how that data is being used, but also to help brands to be able to have that better data. You know, everyone right now is suffering with the third party cookies going away with the tracking prevention. Like there's not an advertiser out there who hasn't like felt the impact of this. So um, you know, we really are focused on helping to get that consent from users and giving that to the advertisers so the advertisers can you know, grow their business and ultimately know what uh, is working. Thanks so much for listening. Oh, and if you're looking for a better way to prove that your campaigns are working and find the best ways to optimize spend, we invented bimodal attribution so you can see exactly how ad spend turns into results and make more of your campaigns. You can learn more about PMA at mintmeasure.com. See you next time.